Hello, podcast listeners. This is Connor Tapp, the producer of the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show. We experienced some technical difficulties during the recording of this episode, so you'll find that the audio quality is not up to our usual standard. But Trey and Jerry got into some really fascinating discussions, so we wanted to make sure we sent out as much of the episode as could be salvaged. To make it up to you guys, we'll be back a day earlier than usual this week on Wednesday to get you ready for the round of 64 on Thursday. Anyway, here's the show. Hello and welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show. I'm your host, Trey Scott, joined by college basketball's all-time career assist king, Jerry Meyer. Jerry, you got your bracket over there. Are you having some fun with it? Um, you know, I love this time of year, but I hate it at the same time because I'm, I'm not good at brackets. No? I'm supposed to be an expert, but it sure doesn't come through. Well, if you came here... You know, I don't bet on the games and I don't generally do that great on brackets. It's very difficult to pick. I feel like it's like the people who don't know anything is, is who does the best. Like they just pick the, the Wildcats to win because they like Wildcats in, in Illinois. Right. There's a random element yeah. to, to tournament play. So sometimes maybe <laughs> take throwing logic out the window might be the best solution. Before we get started, and uh, I guess, yeah, we just, we just ruined our uh, hopes of having someone who wants to pick the perfect bracket listen to the podcast, but I think we will provide great analysis regardless. It'll be good. Yeah, we'll be good. Uh, before we get going, we'd love for you to take a moment and subscribe on iTunes and leave us a five-star review as well. We're also available on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and if you have found us via the media embed player on 247sports.com, go ahead and hover over with your mouse, hover over that media player, click subscribe. Find your podcast of choice and do the thing. All right, Jerry. It's Monday, March 18th. This is the best week of the year, in my opinion. And all the road to Minneapolis starts now, and it began last night with the announcement of the March Madness field. Go through the top the top seeds. We got Duke, Virginia, North Carolina, Gonzaga. Those are your one seeds. No surprises there, right? Although Tennessee, they could have had a one seed had they been able to slow down Auburn. Yeah, I, I would think so. They would be a number one, but they did not come close. <laughs> Auburn, man, that was an impressive, uh, impressive performance by the Tigers. We were looking at our, uh, the brackets this morning and, and kind of last night, and I think we were struck by how balanced it seems. Yeah, I mean, this looks like a pretty good bracket to me. I personally, I have no real beef with who got in or who got out or was left out. Yeah. Um. There's not a region that jumps out as way tougher or way weaker. Usually that is the case. But I'm having trouble pointing out flaws. And you're pleased that local darling Belmont made it in over less deserving bigger teams. Well, I mean, that's the way I look at it. I mean, I I, I prefer, yeah, I'd rather watch Belmont than Texas or Alabama or NC State. That's just my personal opinion. I, I like the different matchups. Um, I'm worried about them, though, against Temple. I think this yeah. Temple team. I don't know, anytime a team's like a darling of the media, they lose. like has Belmont ever won a, a tournament game? I don't, know. I don't think they have. <laughs> but every year when you click on ESPN and look up there and they do the, the bracket busters, it's a picture of a Belmont guy. Yeah. So, it's almost never so the that you see a little bit. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like everyone's talking about Yale right, right now. The, the ones that they talk about never seem to come through. Yeah. So is Yale getting, getting a lot of mention? I feel like it is. It just it's, it's, it's an interesting game. I like the contrast, yeah. geographically, style of play. 
like the, ups, the upset that's going to like catch us by is probably is probably just going to be like UC Irvine over Kansas State, right? Yeah, I agree. Right? That's it's usually pretty random. It's not expected. Uh, I haven't personally filled out my bracket yet. Uh, I know you have done a little bit, and we'll get to your Sweet Sixteen in a minute. Let's just Jerry, let's just run through this thing and. Any top top games that you're most excited to watch? I'm sure you're going to watch all of them, but you know I'll probably skip the one sixteen matchups unless we have a Virginia type upset at halftime or so. But what stands out? What are you making sure to watch? Well, definitely Murray State and Marquette, just okay. because of the Marcus Howard John Morant matchup. I think that that could be a very exciting game. Should be super fast paced, and you get to see two of the best guards in the country. Do you think that there is, like, I'm excited about those two guys squaring off against each other too, Jerry. Do you, do you think we're going to see, like, some tit-for-tat action? Do you think they're going to make, yeah, I'm going against one of the best in the country? Like, Oh, yeah. What do you think you can do? I can they know who they're playing against. Yeah. And, and that's just their job. I mean, they're supposed to score a ton of points. That's how their teams win. And um, so, yeah, I mean, these guys know who they're playing. There's a lot of ego, a lot of pride out there, and that, that's – what makes the great ones great. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't become great without, without having a little bit of ego yeah. when you step out on the court. Do you think, like, when you look at those two teams, we were talking, you know, you obviously, if you're going to make a run in March, you need a good point guard. You need a good backcourt. That's, court. I think, very typically the case, yes. I, I'm, I'm big on the backcourt play. What else do you need? Uh... Shooting? A you? lot of things. <laughs> Are you, like, you, you got to be good. I... I Maybe here's my angle. <clears throat> One, you, you, you just have to play well. You have, you, and you have to have talent and be good. Understood. Um, one reason point guard play is important is control. So I would throw coaching, um, a sense of security and who we are as a team and confidence because uh, you're playing under a, a ton of pressure. So, you know, players – down the stretch here, we, we see them wilt, and we see some players blossom, you know, because of the pressure. And, man, to have a point guard that you trust or to have, you know, a shot maker, they're like, you just, man, if we can get it to them, buckets, you know, and the, and the bigger the shot, yeah, like the more exactly. important the shot, you know, that that's – I thought a lot this weekend about rink. You know, I, I love analytics, but – one thing analytics can't capture are like momentum changing shots in a game. You know, like um, Tennessee was making a run at one point. It's looking like, oh no! Like I, I turned to my girlfriend. She, she went to UT. Or, I know you call your yeah, UT <laughs> the Tennessee UT, <laughs> the the big orange. But she, I, I looked at her. I said, "Don't start believing." And they and they cut it down a little more. And I was like, "I don't know, man. Maybe." Maybe something get boom, Auburn hits a three. Yeah. And shots like that are huge. So, you know, point guard play is just so influential because it's the rudder of the team. It's, you know, that's who the players are looking at. That guy has the ball. So, yeah, such an influence. Uh, I, I do think coaching is important. Um, and experience often is vital for a coach because coaches feel the pressure. And you see some sometimes in tournament play, like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you didn't call a timeout there. Or I can't believe they haven't made the substitute. Sometimes coaches flip. <laughs> you know, yeah. They get caught up in the in the excitement. So, anyway, to have that, to wrap it up, the, the steadying influence and the playmaking ability of a point guard 
and or you know maybe it's a Zion who would just call him a playmaker. Yeah. You know you need you need you need stars to play great, and you need to have stars, and it's always nice to have one who handles the ball for you. Yeah, I definitely can't wait for Marquette Murray Murray State five twelve matchup out west on March twenty first. What other games, Jerry, are catching your eye? Well, you know, we, before the show, we mentioned Nevada and Florida, hey, and I, I find that. It, I find that intriguing, you know, close to a pick'em type game. Um, you know, Nevada came into this season what, like a top five team? That people were talking about them maybe yeah. as undefeated, and they got smacked by someone. Well, early in the year, they lost like a twenty point, thirty point game. They're one of the teams, along with Syracuse and a few others. I was looking at last night. That's uh, really stumbling coming into this tournament. Yeah, and do you is. Okay, so now you have a little break, right? So they, they mm-hmm. had, I guess, a five-day break. Do you think that's enough time, or do you think if you're yeah. if you're if you're not playing well right now, right? Are you selling that stock, or do you think that's enough time for a coach? Well, I, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off a little. No. Bit. I'm getting excited because yeah, that's a great question that I don't really have the answer to because I don't know if there's a standard answer. Sometimes we see a team not looking good, and whether it's just a little time, or maybe it's time to practice. Um, you know, who knows what it could be, maybe favorable matchups, you know, um, for their bracket, but you'll see teams turn it around. And then a lot of times I think you don't, I think we talk about the ones that turn it around. I would rather not be in that situation. You know, yeah. you want, I feel better like an Auburn. Um, and we've thrown this around, like, can you trust Auburn? Well, you certainly could in this past tournament, yes. you know, what would change? And you know, the team's rolling, the team's rolling, and it, it's, you know, psychology and momentum and all that. You know, there's something to that. But, you know, I'm sort of old school coaching perspective here. Auburn's good. I mean, it, that defense is crazy. And if they're getting, they're getting production from like a, a Spencer, some other marginal, not big scoring type players, who, they're blossoming. Yeah. The Auburn's blossoming. Their individual players are. Like, I worry about Tennessee and Kyle Alexander at the center position. I'm not feeling a blossoming from him. Struggled the last couple games. Tennessee can't afford that. I mean, you got to have everyone stepping up. But I, I feel really good about Auburn. That If Auburn played Kansas, that, that would be a really fun game to watch. Auburn fans are not happy about their seat. That's what I hear. <laughs> That's what our producer tells us. Yeah. Uh, so they... Let's, let's dive into that real quick. Uh, we'll, sure. we'll keep bouncing around the top games. So, so I, I think when we look at teams with gripes, we, we point out Auburn and we point out Michigan State. I'll just run down Michigan State's gripe real fast. So for, and I think Auburn and then might have the same squabble. Why even play on Sunday? You know, Michigan State is the number two two seed, and they are matched up against the number one one seed because the committee – wanted to keep them closer to home, closer to East Lansing. So in the Sweet 16 Elite 8 bracket region, they'd be playing in Washington, D.C., which is 100 miles closer to East Lansing than Kansas City. Well, if you're on an airplane, that's probably a difference of 20 minutes. <laughs> so instead of you know getting a, a bracket that would include you know, Kansas or North Carolina, Michigan State gets, gets to have fun with Zion. Now, they'd have to make the Elite Eight, and that's an achievement in uh, and of right. itself. So, they got to you know, go through LSU. you got to go through LSU, maybe go through Louisville. Uh, so we'll see. They're not happy about that. As for Auburn, Auburn's seeding basically didn't 
change as a result of them winning the SEC tournament on Sunday. And we've seen the committee throw those results out the window before. However, what was interesting, the committee chair said that had Tennessee won the SEC tournament, it would have been a one seed instead of Gonzaga. So by that logic, how is, how is Auburn not moving up to a four seed? And then to make it worse, I think Kansas is struggling this year, and I think a lot of people are going to get blinded by the, the, the Kansas across their uniform. Yes. I don't think they're that good. But Auburn fans are looking and saying, we'd have to play Kansas in the second round if we get past a tricky 12-seed New Mexico State. But I would tell Auburn fans this year's Kansas team is probably who you want to play. Yeah. I, mean, you know, we, I, I don't feel that bad for them. And I, and I like Auburn to make it to the Sweet 16. I, I feel good about this team right now. Because uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Go I was just gonna say, yeah. there's, you know, Kansas is a four seed, so it's Kansas State. But like, I'd rather play Kansas and Virginia Tech, or than Florida State. Those are the other four seeds. I agree. Yeah. So. Oh, I've, I'm worried for. I'm worried for Gonzaga. You know, I've been talking Gonzaga up. I, I do not like that potential Sweet 16 matchup with Florida State. And so you know, we know what happened last year. And I, I thought Michigan State. Can you not make an argument that they should be a number one seed? You could. Right. I mean, if Tennessee gets it for winning, like Michigan State has looked great here of late. To me, that's important, but I'm sure they say that doesn't affect seeding. Yeah. But, <clears throat> yeah, I, I would think you can make an argument for Michigan State being the number one. And, um, I, yeah, I, it just didn't seem right to me when I saw them in Duke's no. region because Duke is the overall number one seed. So that just, the way I do brackets – that yeah. would mean they're number eight. Yeah. And I'm like, Michigan State, number eight. But anyway. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. I'm sure Michigan State would have loved to be put in Gonzaga's bracket or something. Uh, or at least the fans would have, because Gonzaga on the front of the jersey looks different than Duke or Zion. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if I get Auburn's gripe, because I don't think Kansas is all that hot. Yeah, and, I, I agree uh, with North that. North Carolina's not, not your typical Kansas team. Either. This is the year you, you want to play Kansas. Yeah. What other uh, first-round games are you going to – Make sure uh, well, you're watching. I mean, I think some interesting matchup, like Wisconsin-Oregon. Okay. Oregon's hot. Because it's tight. Oregon's hot. Uh, different styles of play. For some reason, the Ole Miss-Oklahoma game catches my attention. You're on your own on that one. Why is that? Nah. <laughs> um, man, you know, I, I like Kermit Davis, Kruger. I like the two coaches, uh, I think. They do a good job with their programs. It just seems like a very even slug it out. You know, they're like middle of the road. You know, probably got in to the tournament towards the end, middle of the road in their conference-type teams. But for some reason, I find it compelling. But I, I hear you. That's probably just me. Um, what do you think of all zone matchup of Syracuse yeah. Baylor? Looks oh, like? I mean, it catches my attention because of that. What, what and I, I, I think I think people on the committee. I mean, did that just randomly happen? No. Did, did, Louisville. did Louisville and Minnesota just randomly happen? They always say that the Marquette, Murray State. I was going to say John. But I, I love it. Yeah. I, I'm glad they do that. They say they don't, but come on, man. I, I have not bought that through the years. Um, I mean, I, I think it's neat. Like, I, can I would love that. to see a cont- although I think I'm going to go with Seton Hall over Wofford. It's a tough call. Why? But, <laughs> I just what? That's maybe what athleticism just tougher, you know. Some I want to pull for the mid major. We 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 always remember when the mid major pulls it off, but 
it's usually not the norm. A lot of t- a lot of people are circling that game as one of the best in the first round. Yeah, it looks fun to me. Yeah. Uh, Wofford's fun to watch. Who knows? He's, you know, I don't know who's going to win. I mean, we, it, bounce here, bounce there. Things change. But a Kentucky Wofford game would be fun. And talking about putting the bracket together, uh, didn't Seton Hall beat Kentucky this year? Y- yes. <laughs> so it just seems kind of odd. You, you got Seton Hall as a second round matchup. I, I have trouble believing it just ran. Well, and then, like, you know, the Gonzaga-Florida State possibility. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, boy, I know I'm jumping ahead, but I'm just sort of oh, going go with my random thoughts here, looking at the bracket. A potential second-round matchup, and it's potential. Um, Tennessee versus Cincinnati. And that would be – yeah, that's – I didn't feel good for Tennessee when I saw that. And Columbus a lot. Yeah, and Cincinnati's playing well. But what a slugfest that game will be, you know, two teams that really play physical. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I, I don't, when I, when I, when I, I'm going to sit down later today and fill this out. And it is just a really balanced, good looking bracket. I have no <laughs> idea. The best bracket, a very good looking bracket. I want to go ahead and get to your sweet 16. Uh-huh. Let's let's start by the the regions. You know, starting the east, yeah. you've got Duke there. Yeah, I do, and the, I don't know how exciting this is going to be because I think I have the top seed <laughs> coming That's out. Fine. Everyone, yeah, it's hard to pick upsets, but yeah, I have Duke, and then I have Mississippi State advancing. Okay, so oh, you do Mississippi State's a five. Okay, um, I think that, that would I be defeating Virginia. I Tech. think the SEC is better than people think it is. Okay. That's, I'm working with that. We'll see how it plays out. But, you know, man, did Auburn look good? I think Mississippi State's pretty good. Florida can be good. Yeah. And that'll be a test case for the SEC, how good it is this year. Does that mean you have LSU advancing in our next? Uh, yes, I do have LSU. Now, so you, you think Temple could knock off Belmont? Jerry? Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think that's going to be a great game. Is Mick? Is Maryland a team? They're, they've been they've been slumping a bit. Yeah, it's, I, I'm struggling to get behind Maryland. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going LSU. But hey, if Yale beat LSU, I would not be shocked. No one would be shocked, especially given LSU's you know turmoil and their coaching situation. It's hard to predict how that's going to work out. And then going with Michigan State. All right, Michigan State, Gonzaga, any uh. Did you get in the Sweet 16 in your book? Uh, yeah, I feel good about them. But, you know, you always get nervous when you play against his own team. Just that wrinkle. You know, seeing the Is season. it harder to prepare for that on a day? Uh, so like yeah. Exactly, yeah. Great question. <clears throat> like on, on attacking the zone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, let's say, you know, Syracuse is our shining example of, yes. of the all-zone team. Uh, the deal is... Most coaches just sort of forget about zone offense in practice because most teams play man-to-man defense. So it takes an extra effort as a coach to plan out, you know, we got to, we, we need 20 minutes of zone offense work today, even though we're not playing a zone team. You can't just like not work on your zone offense. Then all of a sudden, oh man, we, we're playing Syracuse. Well, let's figure some stuff out real quick. And then in a couple of days, it's not going to be ingrained in your players. You know, it's it's like drawing up a last second play as a coach, but the te- you've never worked on it in practice. They've never the team's never done it. Good luck having that work out. You know, 
college players aren't ready to just look at a coach, draw a play, and then execute it with vigor. It's not going to happen. So I think what's key to having a good zone attack is you work on it throughout the season, you know, 15 minutes. Make sure you get like an hour per week. You know, that's what coaches do. You know, they plan out segment stuff. So you're ready to attack the zone. Now, I've seen a lot of innovative stuff going on a tangent here, but watching uh, Duke versus Syracuse and Virginia versus Syracuse, I saw some really, really innovative stuff zone offense-wise and stuff that they, you know, these coaches are not dumb. They know they got Syracuse coming up. And so they they were ready. Uh, Virginia moved Ty Jerome into the high post. And what you have to understand is the responsibilities in a, in a Syracuse-style 2-3 zone. When the ball goes into the free-throw line area, the middle guy on defense, the center, the big guy, he's supposed to step up and guard that. The guards fan out and cover the wings, and the low guys on, on the bottom of the zone pinch in to protect you know, a dump-down pass. So what Virginia did, get it to Ty Jerome, and then he sort of side-back dribbled to the three-point line on the high wing. So the, the center, he's dragging the center out to the perimeter. If the center doesn't go, then Jerome's going to have an open three. The center st- stuck with him most of the time because I knew Jerome would hit the boom, wide open in the middle now. The guards are panicking, and then you can get shots at the top of the key. So something to watch, like in that Syracuse-Baylor game, there's typically the weakness of Syracuse zone is if you can if you can distort it, get it in the high post, distort it somehow, top of the key jumpers uh, is a spot. And then to finish Duke, man, I love, and we mentioned it last podcast, Zion would come out to the wing, get rid of the ball, they look to attack the other side, and then Zion would dive in. And that's just a unique cut, you know, to have a wing player come into the high post instead of just having a guy standing there, you know, throwing me the ball. Uh, Kansas did that a little with Josh Jackson. He, you know, they gave him the ability to roam. So anyway, that, I'm a man-to-man guy, but I like watching. I'm glad we have a Syracuse. Yeah. And and I think any smart coach needs to have multiple defenses. I mean, you have your primary defense you're going to be great at, but you have to be able to change it up. And because I like to see little things like this. You know, who are the coaches that are coming up with an innovative wrinkle? But I've never seen what Virginia did. I mean, to me, that was almost like revolutionary, uh, putting Ty Jerome in there and dragging the guy out from the high post. Man, so that stuff gets me fired up. That is such better analysis than me being like, well, Gonzaga's a good shooting team. They get hit the three, so maybe <laughs> well, they can give some okay, here's another, here's another pet peeve of mine. It's that I think there's just so many mythical narratives out there. Um, I always love it. Man, we just couldn't hit any shots. We, You know, we didn't shoot good. Or, man, they beat us because they, they made their shots. They, well, there's a reason. It's not because you you know you laid your clothes out right the night before and all your superstitions worked for you. The shots were probably open. <laughs> they were probably in rhythm. I mean, there's a reason a team shoots good. And every once in a while, a team will just catch fire, and we know yeah, that. Auburn, can, we can tell, yeah, but you know Tennessee doesn't do a good job guarding the three point line. I mean, they got hot, they made shots, but but there is a reason, and typically, it it is. A lot of it is the fault of the team that's getting unlucky. That is good stuff. Uh, moving on. So, Gonzaga, you have to be tough. You have to work on that zone offense. 
Joe, you got Florida State, or do you have one of the, the Marquette Murray State point guard? Yeah, I, I went with Florida State. Man, they're a very intriguing team to me. In a really similar are. fashion as Auburn, uh, they don't play as crazy aggressive defensively as Auburn, but man, that length, and they're tough to score on. Uh, I mean, we saw what they did to Virginia. So, yeah, I, I, I do have Florida State. I think maybe on our next podcast we can we can you know fill out your elite eight and your final four and get your national champion. I'm seeing a lot of people. Obviously, Duke is the favorite. Let's quickly talk about Duke. Did obviously Zion's back with the Binions. No issues there. I'm a little bit concerned about the rest of the team. I don't know what RJ Barrett's doing. He's not he's not blossoming right now. He's not. It's it's a concern and what's going to change to get him on track. That's a storyline we got to watch. Um, I'm just concerned, like, Zion having to put the team on his back for six. Well, him and RJ are just carrying the team. I mean, I've never seen – it's pretty remarkable, you know, to see just two guys just carry a team. Trey Jones, uh, he, he played well. And after the shot. Well, after that, there's huge concerns. Yeah. Huge concerns. It, so, people are, like, obviously falling in love with Duke and – when you look at the mock drafts and the big boards, they've got three top five guys, right. but no one would tell you that RJ Barrett's playing like a top five pick right now. No one would tell you that well, Cam Reddish right. is. Cam Reddish is really struggling. <clears throat> RJ, man, he needs to tighten up that defense. That That's what no Duke, one's talking about Duke that, is so. not a good defensive team. I mean, that's a concern. Someone just light, lighting them up. But Zion and Zion makes up for a lot of defense. You know, you know I'm just amazed. I, I, his defense is not going to talk about enough. I think he impacts the game maybe more defensively than he does offensively, as crazy as that is to say. But R.J. Barrett's offense and Zion's overall play just carrying this team. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if I've seen anything like it. You know, they, they have some real weaknesses. But the, maybe Zion and R.J. are good enough. To, and then, you know, maybe then Cam gets going. They can carry him all the way. The thing about Zion is going to be tough, though. I I know, you know, the respect you have for Zion's court awareness and his IQ. I can kind of see him being like, you know what? I need in this round one game, round two game, to get Reddish going and Jones going. Yeah. I I can see him. I think he's that type of of player and he's that type of leader. When you were playing and you saw a teammate slumping, Jerry, did you make a point to to get him the ball in open looks? Well, I'll give you an example, and this is – you know, I think sort of next level point guard play. I would start games as a point guard and try to get each of my teammates a shot. You know, get this guy a shot first possession and then move it up. I wanted all of them to be able to shoot the ball, get a feel, get a touch. My teammates like me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, so that just creates positive energy. And then the fifth possession, I was going to get mine. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys got yours. I'm getting mine. And then I, I would get a feel like, all right, who do I think's got it? Like, who's the guy tonight? Yeah. You know, I'm probably making more of this than it really was. But, yes, point guards do that. Playmakers do that. I'm sure Duke, I'm sure RJ and um, Trey Jones and Zion are probably talking. Like, We've got to get Cam going. Yeah. Man, we're not going to do this if we don't get him going. You know, I'm sure stuff in practice. But, yeah. I like it. Uh, do you have Virginia getting past Gardner Webb? Yes, I do. So we got Virginia in the Sweet Sixteen. But you know, 
I was, I was <laughs> Isn't so, that the team that struggled last year in the first round? I was feeling so good about Virginia all last week. And then they, you know, lose in the uh, semi. And I don't know, man. We're not we're the only s- one. We're going to see. No, you're right. You know, Texas Tech went down. I'm really, you know, because of doing this podcast, my senses are a little sharper now. Like, I, I want to really see how this tournament plays out with teams like that. You know, we talked about they're not looking good. You know, Tennessee, you know, not near as good as it looked a month or so ago. So. And then this, I think this is a really interesting pod as we segue to pods. Jerry, you got seven Cincinnati, 10 Iowa, which is slumping, two Tennessee, 15 Colgate. Now, to keep in mind here, Cincinnati is underseeded at seven, and these games will be played in Ohio. Yeah. Who do you have? And Tennessee was awesome against Kentucky in their Super Bowl, and then the next day against Auburn, they came out flat, turned the ball over like 15 times, and couldn't defend the three point. You know, I have Tennessee. Okay. But um, I don't know if I'm being that logical. I, I do I do like Tennessee to do well. And, you know, I love this team this season. I don't feel near as good about it right now. So there's some fan in me. And, you know, and I think Tennessee's a great team. But that worries me. Okay. Cincinnati, I, I, you put it well, I do think they're underseeded. Yeah. Uh, that's a really dangerous, dangerous uh, matchup for Tennessee. North Carolina, right, over yep. Utah yeah, State I, or Washington? I, yeah, I have UNC. Right, Washington got pounded by Oregon and Pac-12 And Utah State's hot. Yeah, they're, they're hot. I watched a little bit of Utah State. Um, not the quickest team. I, I, I don't know that they can keep up with UNC. Yeah. Uh, Jerry, we got Auburn fans want to know. Auburn or Kansas? Or New Mexico? I, I have Auburn. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm high on this Auburn team. Their defense, uh, solid. So, man, it was great defense. Like, technically, they were doing some great stuff. Uh, they showed discipline. Uh, for example, one play, normally, in normal man-to-man rotation, the player for Auburn who was guarding Schofield would have left Schofield to make a rotation. Guy didn't do it. He was, like, blocking Schofield out before they ever shot. And so he caught my eye. It's like, no, he's not supposed to do that. And I'm like, oh, he's doing the scouting report. And that impressed me because, you know, we can see him all over the place, pressuring the ball, diving for loose balls, all that stuff. But, I, man, I saw that play, and then I started analyzing and really watching him more. Very disciplined defense. Like someone, I don't know who's getting their defense prepared. But he's doing a heck of a job. I don't know if it's, you know, it's likely they got sort of a defensive guru on the bench. But, yeah, I like this Auburn team. Um, if they come out, they play shooting, exciting. Shooting, they play fearless. If they know? come out and the buckets, you know, the size of the swimming pool against New Mexico State, I think it's really easy money that they advance past Kansas the next game too. Because it's, you know, we talk about this right here. It's like the optics of the the court. Like if Auburn sees the basket well in round one, you bank on them seeing the basket well two days later in round two. I like where your head is on that. God, yeah. It's like they're they were so hot. In, I'm going I'm I'm to I'm put that to the test. I like that theory. Yeah. You know, the team shoots well the first round. Can we count on them yeah. it carrying over? Um, yeah, because no, none of these players are used to the arenas no. that, they're going, that they're playing in. Iowa State will play Ohio State in a rematch of a tourney game a few years ago. Iowa State won the Big 12 tournament. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's kind of their thing. And then uh, <laughs> they and then also in that pod you have Houston or Georgia State, which is a known Cinderella. I really like Houston. Who do you have? 
I, I have Houston, okay. but that is a fun pod. That's a really fun pod. And then, Jerry, last pod, Wofford Seton Hall. You have Seton Hall advancing to play Kentucky. Who well, I, t- tentatively. tentatively. I, haven't, I haven't had time to do my research, no, no, no. you know. But I have Kentucky um, advancing. I, I like this Kentucky team. I think they're very good. What is the number one key for Kentucky? Number one key. Hagens? Yeah, I mean, point guard, he's very important. When Hagens plays well, I think a good way to look at this, if Hagens plays well, they're going to be tough to beat. Yeah. Fair, you know. I mean, yeah. Um, I like, like it's hard to see them losing if he plays well. But, you know. It's an angsty time of the year for Kentucky fans. I think they were ramping up, feeling really good about where they were. I think Tennessee had a little bit more juice than them on Saturday. But I like that bracket for Kentucky. I can see Kentucky in the Final Four. Oh, very much so. Uh, On our next podcast, which we'll do the day before the the whole enchilada gets going. Uh, Jerry and I will uh, talk about the Elite Eight, Final Four, national title picks. We'll fill out some odds and ends. We'll make sure to have some questions from all of you to get answered. Jerry, this is fun. I'm excited to, to spend the next few days yeah. researching Ken Palm and you know asking my mom uh, <laughs> yeah. if she likes. Yeah, my daughter, my daughter or, always wins the bracket challenge. <laughs> our HR Your rep daughter. wins every year. Yeah. Our uh, two year, three years ago, our HR rep was like Villanova, and we were all like, okay. Villanova <laughs> loses every year earlier in the tournament. I can see Virginia kind of having that kind of kind of run this year, too. We will see. Uh, thank you again for listening to the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show. Good stuff, Jerry. Kind of going to go work on my zone offense right now. Find the ball and meet me at the Come park. up with some innovative yeah. concepts and we'll market them. All right. We'll see you all later.